Okay, good morning, everybody. Instead of a, a wine session, this is going to be over some Costa Rican coffee. Um, this, this thought song is sort of brought to you by a conversation I had with um, an excellent coach down in um, Puerto Rico, Henry Torano. He uh, runs a gym, Opex San Juan. Uh, and it is, I, th I think, one of the top trainers um, for Crafted Coaching, which is their their um, online remote coaching. <clears throat> he had brought me in for a course, um, runs an unbelievably well-organized and, and incredible gym uh, in San Juan. And we did uh, basically a course on trunk stability. And in it, we had lots of really, really good discussion. And one of them was the topic of today's thoughts on. And that that was sort of the analogy was landing the plane. Now, I apologize because I'm going to finish this thoughts on with really more of a question than a statement. Um, I try not to be a deconstructionist and, and try to push out um, ideas that can actually get everybody sort of improving what they're doing. But sometimes I think just the questions need to be asked. And the landing the plane analogy has to do with how much impact the or... Hmm, how much, yeah, I guess I'll say how much impact comes from the way the athlete actually does the things that they're told to do. So there's a, there's a disconnect, right? There's a, you know, um, the coach can tell the athlete, hey, you need to do five sets of five at, you know, 80% in the back squat or whatever. But then the exact way that the athlete works on that movement, does that movement, you know, the contractions, everything, um, there's a huge amount of variance there between athletes, right? How they do it, what they're feeling, what they're thinking. And so the landing the plane analogy comes from the coach is more like the control tower, right? They can get the plane close. They can get it in line. They can show them where the runway is. But then the athlete is the one that really has to take on the onus and land the plane, Okay. And I, you know, I think back to, to my career, I was lucky enough to work with uh, the late, great Judd Logan that I'll talk about later on here. Um, but, you know, he was able to sort of, I, I basically was coached by a guy who was training for two Olympic teams. So I got to watch him. I think I learned a lot from that. But this idea of getting or recognizing and identifying how much the athlete actually um, has control over you know, on a microscopic le level in between the reps, you know, between what the coach is saying is, is really, really important. So, you know, I think back, you know, when you or sorry, one of the things that Henry said in our conversation was that, you know, programming is an educated guess. And he made an excellent point that early on in coaching, it's difficult to sort of admit that, you know, everyone likes to think, oh, this is what it is. I've thought about this. I'm a great coach. Do your shit. But really, it, it's nothing more than an educated guess. And don't get me wrong, someone, a top coach like Henry is going to have a much, much better job of accurately prescribing, you know, the exercises and, and dosing those exercises in the athletes than someone that's just fresh out of a, a course. But at the end of the day, it's still an educated guess for Henry. And, you know, recognizing that I think is very, very empowering for a young coach to realize like, oh, okay, even the top coaches are, are sort of guessing. And even the top coach is like pumping the ego a little bit and realizing that you are guessing. Now, the reason that that is empowering is because it allows you to involve the athlete in the conversation. And this is maybe if I have a point for this whole thoughts on podcast, it's this, is that we need to be coaching the athletes to better 
um, realize what like the power they have over the efficacy of their training. It's not just a matter of just getting under the bar and hitting your reps or, you know, for me, it was a thrower, you know, just executing your throws. You have to have intent there and there has to be an intense amount of focus on the athlete's part so that they're able to actually properly micromanage the dosing of those exercises. And that's going to have an incredible impact on not only their performance, but also their, their risk of injury. And I, and I really think that a humongous variability that's not often recognized is, you know, the athlete's execution of the exercise. So we, we tend to look at the programs because we can calculate the loads. We can, you know, figure out the, you know, the total tonnage for the week or the, the tension to rest ratio, whatever you want to do. But really it comes down to, you know, th- th- those are going to get you close, but it's going to really come down to how, what is the exact way the athlete actually executes that movement. And what makes it really challenging is there's no way to actually capture that. It's just educating the athlete, trying to get them closer and closer and closer to understanding what they need to do in their training. Now, that being said, I think uh, the better coaches are able to more accurately not only write out a program, but you know, as you will find, the, or as anyone has found who's been in the the the, uh, the profession for more than a minute is that you can write these pretty programs, but almost without fail, something comes up. Ooh, my shoulder's bugging me, or I've got a class that falls at this time, or man, I can only really fit my training within a 45-minute window. So something comes up, and then now it's our responsibility to actually modify the workouts. But in addition to that, you should, the best coaches in the world are micro-managing, um, micro-modulating the, the loads, the sets and the reps and the intensity w- with every single workout, right? And that's early on, right? But the best coaches can do that. Later on, as my point, what my point's going to be is that the athlete needs to be able to do that. But early on, we need guidance, okay? So... I think back to you know my my first year at Ashland University where I was uh, training with Judd. I remember just being blown away that he could guess the weight that I should I could go up in like a squat or a clean better than I could. And I, I would say I have an above average you know body awareness, but at that time I, it wasn't calibrated, so I had no idea. I would do a set and I was like. I don't know, what should I go up, like five pounds? And he's like, no, go up go up 30. <laughs> I was just way off. So early on in the process, I needed Judd's um, advice, Judd's guidance to get me more accurately on the proper dose for the exercise. But as I, as I kept training both with him and then after training with him, um, when I went into coaching, I got better and better and better at it because now the coach is no longer guiding and guessing, so to speak. I'm able to precisely land the plane. Now that took, you know, the better part of, you know, maybe a decade, who knows, but certainly four or five years before I really was able to read my body and know what I could do and how I could change things on a daily basis. Um, Another story just to kind of ties in uh, Ashland again, uh, but with really, really good coaches modulating the workouts, you know, right within the workout. And that's, you know, I remember Bill Gallagher was a head coach when I was there and he might have his distance runners doing um, threshold runs, right? So that's running, you know, at the pace that you're aerobically clearing what you're lactically producing. So it's a, it's a really, really effective way to train, but it's hard. And you only want to train the athlete as hard as they can recover, 
right? So we don't want to just keep pushing the athlete beyond that point of recovery because depending on how far you go past that line, they may actually get injured or they're just going to slowly get beat down. And he was a master at watching you know, the athletes do these, these runs, these threshold runs, and it wasn't this prescribed thing of, all right, everybody's doing three miles. It was like, you're going to do one to five miles, somewhere in that range. And it wasn't like the, the advanced athletes who had been training with him for years are going to do five and the, the freshmen are going to do one. It's everyone's going to do one to five and it just depends. So then he's watching and you'd see, I don't know what he was seeing, what he was identifying, but he would, with the athlete, we're indoors, mind you, and he would like walk next to the athlete, walk by there near him and then watch the athlete to see something and then he would say okay rich you're done get off the track and it might have been six laps in you know to a in that track it's an 11 lap for per mile but he would just cut them off it didn't have to be right at a clean mile like oh you did one you did two you did three it's the moment that he felt like they were beyond their their point of no return he pulled them off the track so sometimes athletes would come in and they would be able to get you know all three four or five miles and sometimes athletes you know half a mile in, three quarters of a mile in or whatever, he pulls them off the track because they're done. Now that is, that is a, an example of a master coach being able to micromodulate things, which is a little bit more of an homage to Bill Gallagher than, a, the, than pertaining to the story. Early on, someone like a Bill Gallagher, someone like a Judd Logan who can accurately guide you to the right loads is really, really important. But my point with this podcast is that later on, you, we need to, as coaches, we need to be thinking about ways to develop the athlete's ability to do this, okay? Because they really are the only one that's experiencing every rep, every throw, every stretch, every you know thing that they're doing. They're the only ones that are experiencing it. So they have way more information. And if we can train them to better analyze that and understand that information, then it's going to be much, much better for them or they're going to be much, much better at accurately predicting the loads that they need to be on, right? So, you know, what, are we, what do we do with this, right? So when we're working with the athletes, we have to include the athlete. I think a lot of times there's this one-directional uh, relationship that you have where the athlete does something and then the coach tells them what to do next. Now, that works sometimes and that's fine, but even in relationships where that is a predominant um, situation, I guess, we still need to include the athlete. We need to ask them, like, well, what did you feel? What do you think? And, like, try to get them to bring their focus internally so that they're able to better understand what it is, that they, how they need to modulate it. And if you can keep including them in that process, you're basically strengthening and cultivating that ability to accurately modulate what you're doing. And that doesn't just come down to how many sets and reps are you going to do that day. That might come down to, you know, your, your load. That might come down to the individual reps within the load. You know, what exactly are you doing? How are you actually executing these movements, right? I could do a whole other section about what the athlete's doing, which, you know, gets into just the creativity of the technique and what are they actually feeling. Some athletes have a great ability to feel that, some don't. And whether someone is more external, responds well to external cues or internal cues, I think doesn't matter. Whether you're, you're almost 100% visual and you need external cues, we still need to train internal awareness. And so I think the point of this podcast, you know, after the, the conversation I had with Henry down in San Juan, is that we need 
to recognize that the athletes have a profound ability or profound influence over the efficacy of their training. It's not just about sets, reps, and load. It's about how do they actually execute the movement. So the next time that you're working with an athlete or you have a program, realize that the program is just a an educated guess. And the more that you can develop a relationship with the athlete and cultivate their ability to actually micromanage that stuff, I think the more... Um, effective the programming is going to be. So that's, that's, I guess I was able to talk myself into a point there. Um, so we started off with realizing that the athletes have a humongous impact on what they're doing. And at the end, I think that it's just really, really important that we don't have this unidirectional relationship where the coaches are just telling the athletes what to do. We need to be getting input from the coaches. Um, I've also, you know, it can push you to a previous podcast that I did on measuring metrics. So that has to do with subjective and objective um, data that we can use. So I think somewhere the combination between what I talked about in that previous podcast and this might bring the coach and athlete relationship to, to be much, much more successful. So give that a try. Um, throw me some comments if you have any. I would love to hear what you guys have to say. And a huge thanks to, to Henry for just great questions and a great conversation. See you next time.